0: February it's black history month that's
1: right important and month
0: this episode's coming out one day before the start of February Ooh. Uh, and to kick off a lot of listeners will be listening to this in February so yeah, to really yeah. kick off our celebration of black history month and to remind everybody the purpose of it I think we should start with some good old-fashioned racism oh from one of my favorite conservative commentators Charlie Kirk
1: Cla- classic racist you know, right there. Yeah. Hallmark racist.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, really like 1850s racism. Uh-huh. Uh, Literally
1: 18... Wasn't he the guy that said we need to go back to the 50s and deal with these issues like they <laughs> yes, did in the yeah. 50s?
0: Whew. Yeah. So Charlie Kirk is just a, uh, a classic racist conservative. Haven't heard from him very much lately. He fell off. But, you know, Black History Month is a time for reflecting and celebrating the accomplishments of, of black people in this country, but also reminding ourselves what... uh How bad it was before. Exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that we've gone through to make it better. uh, Even if we're not uh, completely at a point where it's very good You know, dare I say it should also be a time to just um, wholeheartedly
1: and unrelentingly clown on racists
0: Yeah, well yeah, it's, it's that certainly But I also want to take a chance to look at what conservatives have on offer in terms of what society would look like if they got in control
1: exactly let's look at what they want <laughs> yeah
0: so i've got a clip here from charlie kirk's podcast called um thought crime thought not nah, and that's... that's certainly what it's about to be <laughs> so buckle up for this take uh it has to do specifically with um dei practices which okay. has been the uh, kind of culture war thing recently so let's uh let's go ahead and take a listen and that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane oh, when God. the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit <laughs> before we took off. And I feel better now about No, I mean like, that. you wanna go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry, if I see a black pilot, I'm
1: gonna be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the, you, you, wouldn't wouldn't do you. That you wouldn't have, you no, wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have done that before. That's not an immediate. No, you that's wouldn't have done that. That's not who that before. I am. That's no. not what I believe. So, I think that's, that's who not you are. That I believe <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's what I believe. That's what you said. I <laughs> think that that might be racism. You, you said, <laughs> if I see a black pilot, I'm shaking him my boots. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't have to do this. But the reason that there's a uh, the reason that they're talking about this is the the reason that they're talking about this is because airlines have started implementing DEI practices, mm-hmm. and DEI diversity, equity, inclu- and inclusion has been this sort of um, boogeyman for yeah. people on the right uh, because they you know don't like minority people. <laughs> um, but right now there is a pilot shortage in the United States, specifically because a lot of pilots are old white men. That's a small subset uh-huh. of the U.S. population. Uh, so in an attempt to sort of uh recuperate losses and fill the positions they need uh in order to make sure we're having all the flights that we need because these old guys they're
1: retiring
0: yeah the uh airlines have implemented these dei practices to appeal to broader ranges of the u.s population to fill the slots that they need to make sure the flights can go um by the way same thing that the u.s military does yes something to keep in mind that's the only reason these dei uh, practices really exist they need to fill these uh fill these positions and old white men aren't going to cut it anymore Mm -hmm. i promise flight school still exists still got (laughs) to go through flight school yeah if you if you see a black pilot and your first thought is i bet he's not qualified that's racism that's on you dog. that's racism (laughs) that's on you i don't know what else to say that's racism
1: it's also insane because a, a really common myth that we see uh when conservatives talk about dei is that any person that frankly isn't a straight white guy that's in a position is underqualified and strictly a diversity hire. When honestly, most of the time, the the minorities in those positions have to be overqualified yes, to even yeah. get a seat at the table, to yeah. even get through the, the gatekeepers <clears throat> to have an opportunity to be considered for this position.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't even argue that like these DEI practices are necessarily sufficient. And and overcoming barriers for for groups that have been historically gatekept from industries like the airline industry, but that's exactly why they have to exist now. Even again, if they're not fully sufficient, is because the industry, or I suppose the job of pilot, has been gatekept specifically for white men. Yeah, and because those white men have aged out of the positions, they have to implement policies to appeal to a broader range of the U.S. population in order to get the pilots we need. And it's like, dog, and and that's that's not like selecting for race. Like you're not just plucking someone off the street and saying you're a pilot now. Again, I feel like I shouldn't yeah. have to say this because what he is saying fundamentally is if I see a black person, I don't think they're qualified.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, if I have a black surgeon going <laughs> in, it's like, oh, well, did you really pass your boards?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Like, and that's I, that's never a thought I have if I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> that's, was,
1: that's never a thought that I've had uh-uh. before.
0: Yeah. And the first guy's like, I'm glad if there's turbulence there's someone with the square jaw up there in the, in the pilot seat. Like, and dog, it, I'm not thinking about that at all.
1: It's crazy because he like, he said everything Charlie Kirk was going to say, mm-hmm. but like, at
0: least he hit it. By behind something yeah and charlie kirk comes through with this sort of like conciliatory like i don't want to think this way it's just how it is it's like dog own it come on say it with your if, chest if you don't want to think this way you don't have to like just make it quicker for all of us <laughs> we don't have to like uh beat around the bush you don't have to pretend it's not what you believe just say you don't want black people to have these jobs holy just shit, be honest man. about it like it makes it easier for me as a commentator it makes it easier for you because you, you don't have to uh put up this charade that you're not actually racist just say you, you don't want black people to be pilots that's or you don't think they're qualified. You don't think they're good enough for it. Like, just come on, be honest.
1: So fucking because it's Charlie Kirk has always been this figure that's been uh, uh I don't want I want to say like maybe adjacent to alt right if not full on alt right yeah but this is that's just a Nazi
0: take <laughs> dude <laughs> yep, yep. That, that's wow uh, speaking of Nazis and other culture war items Tom McDonald. Oh, drop the number drop one single on ben iTunes. <laughs> on
1: <laughs> iTunes, <laughs> iTunes, very important metric.
0: Yeah, they, he <laughs> dropped this uh, this single with Ben Shapiro, and the whole idea, I think the song is called Facts. Yes. And the whole, like, um, what do you, the chorus of the song, I suppose, is I don't care if you're offended. I don't
1: care if you're offended. There it is,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of seems like you care a little bit you made a whole song about it That's what I'm saying it's like if I wrote a book and I was like I don't Care if you read this nobody cries that Much about (laughs) shit they don't I do not Care if y'all listen to this episode (laughs) I do not
1: care if y'all turn This off right now a little bit oh My god man I don't care if I Offend you there's one bar that Tom McDonald. You know we got to talk about you know Tom McDonald Before we get in the real meat and potatoes (laughs) Ben Shapiro's feature never thought I would have heard That in my entire life right there's Tom McDonald's discography yeah I'm saying where He talks about like nobody can hang up and american flag anymore they were all replaced by blm and lgbtq flags dog come on
0: you're canadian <laughs> you're canadian what, what are we doing here man you're not from here yeah you yeah you don't belong in america what are we talking about it was also oh, it was man. also sick as hell to see uh, Tom McDonald post this sort of like album cover or whatever it was the the art the cover art. yeah, um on Twitter. and a bunch of people responded like, oh, they got you Tom <laughs> like oh, you're you're making a, a song with one of them being anti-semitic because mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro was Jewish. That's that was nuts. crazy, man. All I'm saying, if there's
1: one, if if there's one immigrant that we do need to get out of this country, it's that Tom we McDonnell. genuinely need to get out of this country, if there's one immigrant we need to crack down on, it is Tom McDonald. Mm-hmm. He, he needs to be stopped. And it's also <laughs> funny because, like, I'm sure Tom McDonald is celebrating this like uh, as a win somewhat because the song i don't know it maybe it's performing well i don't know they like to say it is because it's topping the itunes charts
0: yeah that's the thing that confuses me is anytime we have one of these big conservative songs happened with that that one dude who dropped like the country song back in summer you remember oh, that one? oliver anthony yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. drop the country i'm glad you just remember his name <laughs> big fan <laughs> but they they drop these songs and they're like oh my god number one on the itunes charts uh isn't that for people that are going out and, like, purchasing the song individually? That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody does that except, like, old people, mm-hmm. I would assume. Because that, that's not how you... Keep, like, you stream it now. You get the, the Apple Let's Music the subscription or the Spotify subscription, and then you listen to it. God so, God I, I don't know man. about... I don't know if that's an accurate metric of how popular a song but is. But it's
1: also, like, when the song dropped, I thought it was fake. I, yeah. I
0: did I did not think Ben Shapiro was actually on the song
1: because, God damn it, man, his, his flow sounds AI-generated. Yeah. It, it sounds like... Tom McDonald wrote a shitty verse and put it into a Ben Shapiro AI thingy <laughs> and just had it spit it out because it does not sound like real. It does not sound like a
0: person. But in there. the in the music video, Ben Shapiro's there. I guess they could have edited oh God, that, too, man. but he's there. I mean, he's he in a hoodie. is
1: there. Like, it is him rapping, which – rapping, if you can even call it that. Well, that's really. not
0: music, according to Ben Shapiro.
1: <laughs> I'm saying he had this whole thing. Rap is a degradation of jazz, which is a degradation of classical music. Oh, my God, man. And, and, and oh. it's also it's also nice to see that uh, everyone – Tom McDonald tries to be a serious rapper. Yeah. Tom McDonald takes himself as a serious rapper. Uh-huh. Uh, no one that listens to rap listens to Tom McDonald. Mm-mm. Anyone who heard this song is only talking about the Ben Shapiro feature. Well, no one is talking about Tom McDonald's portion. We've
0: been on the Tom McDonald wave since 2021. Yes, sir. We we were with him from the start. Well, you know. I remember we had one good. segment on the show like early, early on, like probably before episode like 25 or yeah. something, where we're reading lyrics and we're like, this guy sucks. Hell yeah. <laughs> like these don't even go to get, like you can go and listen <laughs> to it. Very old episode. I don't know if we were as good as we are now. But the point is uh, we've been following Tom McDonald and his career with interest. Mm-hmm. and the song kind of sucks.
1: I just, like, all of his songs fucking Well, of suck. course. You know what I mean? I just wonder how he how approached Ben Shapiro to do this.
0: I don't know. Because, yeah, it's uh, not supposed to it, music, The rap isn't music to Ben exactly, Shapiro. It's not
1: music. Oh, rap's not music, but here I am talking. I... I, I Mm-hmm. such a good such a good thing the fact that he that, called it facts the fact that yeah. there's a bar where he says I'm thinking what would Ben do the dick riding is crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dick riding is absolutely atrocious get this porn off my off I my mean, screen might have to give Ben his flowers on this one because this is doing better than any of his other music ever did <laughs> <laughs> his violin shit or whatever shit he did singing this is his most successful writing <laughs> effort yes yes
1: my- I mean I mean what can I say dog this is a yarmulke homie no cap is kind of a bar
0: yeah but but the, then it's verse, unfortunately a bar. His verse falls off right after that, though. Oh, yeah. He starts there's talking no about, I get. <laughs> it stops rhyming. It stops rhyming.
1: He says, I get racks from compound interest. You can't say racks.
0: <laughs> First off, you can't say that. It sounds wrong when you say that. Yeah, then it falls into like this, the, like the conservative traditionalism rhetoric when he's like, um, I have a home and you're living with your mom or something like there's, that. There's, it's like, what? What are you there's, talking there's about?
1: There's one point where he says something about like, I watch you go to jail on TV. Dog, what? <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, are you t- talking talking about about. free jeffrey like what (laughs) do you
0: mean Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. Top of the episode. I'll let you know we're talking about the New Hampshire primary have today. To. We're talking about Civil War, which I know is why all of you are here this episode. Mm-hmm. Biggest news story this week, and we'll get to that very soon. Uh, related to that, we got an immigration deal. We got to talk about
1: immigrants, unlike Tom McDonald, who did uh, nothing wrong.
0: Yeah, well, and we got to talk about Joe Biden just being conservative. Oh, uh, we got to talk about the ICJ a little bit, and, uh, you know, we got some extra news sprinkled in there. We throughout. always
1: have extra news. Come on, you know how we roll.
0: But before we get into the episode, I will beg and plead with you to at least go over to patreon.com slash head in the office pod. We are one hundred percent listener funded. Yes. That's how we that's how we make our money. That's how we keep the lights on. That's how we produce content for you every single mm-hmm. week. So if you want to support the show, if you want to be a part of the uh selective few that are gonna make it into heaven when the rapture comes. Right. Uh, make sure to head over to head in or head for merch, patreon.com slash head the office pod for the Patreon.
1: You could become an angel investor
0: and help keep the studio lights on. Uh huh, exactly. So I'm gonna you say, could. you know, 24, this Bidenflation inflation going crazy. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> make sure to check us out on our social medias as well. Join the Discord. It's a fun community. We got a lot of stuff going on in the Discord. We like to chit-chat in there every once in a while. We we pop in, so check out the Discord as well. Uh, And make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's another good way to help the show, and it's completely free for you. You can leave a five-star review by only spending, uh, I don't know, two minutes of your time. That's what I'm saying. You
1: could just type out any any jibber jabber, and we'll say like ninety nine point eight percent of the words that Uh you write. Uh huh.
0: You know, most of them.
1: saying. we will say most of any (laughs) word that you write. Anyway, getting started with this first review. The world may be coming to an end, but this pod is fire by Pranks to Three. Uh This is one of the most refreshing political podcasts out there. We are living in a real-life idiocracy, and these guys do an excellent job enjoying the comedy through this all. Love, love, love this podcast, and will continue to be a listener. Well, I love, love, love you all non-parasocially if you leave a review and give us money.
0: I'm gonna have to agree with the uh what the most pr- uh, refreshing political podcast. I'm gonna have to definitely oh, agree with that. In
1: this yeah. econ- in this uh-huh.
0: uh, in this uh realm of discourse, absolutely yeah, Usually when I'm like out and about um and and I see somebody laughing, I'm like, there's nothing to laugh about in this economy. <laughs> but then when I'm in the podcast where we're talking, reading the news, everything to laugh about. Yeah, I, see, a I, good see, time. I
1: see children giggling, having joy and I'm
0: like, just, they don't know what's about to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to laugh about, nothing to smile about in this life. The next one is good takes by real nurse RN. They say I recently Stumbled across Hito on TikTok, and I immediately slammed that like and subscribe button. Let me be clear. Let me be clear, uh, and say that I condemn Hamas in the strongest possible terms. I'm surrounded by common morons due to the fact that I live in Alabama, but listening to Hito provides comfort in the sea of absurdity that is current local and national political discourse. I'm working my way through the previous episode backlog, and it makes my 12 hour night shifts much more bearable. I've yet to hear one take from the Hitto boys that I disagree with. Let me know if that changes when you get to the electoralism stuff. <laughs> as as a chronic is around like episode 120 something uh as a chronically online mid-range millennial i also appreciate the zoomer vibes and humor the opening music is also a banger i'm leaving behind my wednesday weenie self and embracing the parasocial sunday sermon that's crazy. It, it, Can't think of a more biblical thing to do.
1: I'm saying, going on a, a, slight, a slight tangent real quick, I know at least Jeremy will appreciate this, okay. but it's related to our intro music. We are intro music, free YouTube music. Uh-huh, yeah. we, we, we first started the pod, we were looking around, we said, this is a banger, we'll use this. Yep. Back when Spider-Man 2 came out, I was at work, I was listening to a video recapping the events of the first game so I could remember before I started diving in, and his background music... Our intro for music real? fucking threw me off. That's, I was oh, like, I didn't know the our game? episode was playing. Yeah. That's sick. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know our. What the fuck is going on? I, I thought think, the episode was playing.
0: I think I've heard it like one other place as well. Just And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that the boom boom? You said, boom, boom, is that boom. us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I about to hear me
1: come on screen? But
0: hey, it's free, royalty free music. It's free good. use. So we, we throw it in there and we're glad you guys appreciate it after two and a half years. Uh, you
1: know, that's borderline praxis. What can I say? Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. next review five stars for my favorite mix- Michigan Marxist Zaddies by Nick Pett. This pet condemns not only Hamas, but also you, dear listener, well, that's me, for not leaving a five-star review yet. So true. Even Rhonda DeSantis knew it was time to leave the race. You should know it's time to leave a five-star review. P.S. Fetterman is technically a border state senator.
0: PA (laughs) borders the great white north. Well, you know our position. You know we're going to be talking about immigration a lot this episode. Yeah. Our position on the southern border is, you know, treat it with care. It's a humanitarian crisis, and so on. Northern border, lock that shit down. That's
1: what, you know what? You no know immigration from the northern know, border. Now that I know that Pennsylvania borders <laughs> the C word, uh, <laughs> borders our neighbors. The worst C word. The, yeah, our neighbors are borders up. No, our neighbors up north. uh Maybe John Fetterman is right in mm-hmm. his anti-immigration rhetoric. Yeah, maybe we should not let those fuckers in. Look
0: at what you brought us.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care if. I fed you Come oh on Oh my man. god
0: uh, trying to get into the news coverage? Yes, sir. Starting off with New Hampshire, we got to talk about some election news before we can talk about the impending Civil War. So to no one's surprise, Donald Trump won the New Hampshire primary pretty handedly over Nikki Haley last Tuesday. Trump with 54.2% of the vote, 170,000 votes mm-hmm. and 12 delegates. Nikki Haley with 43.2% of the vote, 140,000 votes and 9 delegates. No other candidates are notable. I don't even know that any other candidates are running except for maybe some nobodies, yeah. uh, including Ron DeSantis, a nobody. <laughs> uh, but he did Ron, of course, isn't running anymore, but he got 07 percent of the vote still. 2,000 oh hell votes. yeah! Uh, nobody else really um, registered at all. Nikki Haley touted this victory. Uh, touted this as some kind of victory, though, even though she lost by eleven percent. I suppose you could maybe say she overperformed expectations because forty three percent is bigger than Iowa's nineteen percent. She hasn't dropped out yet. Let's hope she doesn't there's before some, Wednesday. There's some,
1: compli- there's some reasons why she overperformed expectations. It's yeah. not like she won a bigger share of the conservative vote.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we can talk about some of those reasons. So NBC had a breakdown of the various demographics and how they voted in the election based on polling data, uh, exit polling data. Uh, and there's some interesting takeaways. Nikki Haley did a lot better with higher educated people. So college graduates, um, people that have master's degrees or PhDs. Uh, Nikki, or not Nikki Haley, but New Hampshire has <laughs> an open primary system, uh, meaning that anyone from any party can vote in the primary of whichever party they choose. So as such, some Democrats voted in the GOP primary. Uh, those votes, unsurprisingly, went overwhelmingly mm-hmm. To Nikki Haley. So she's winning Democrats. And it's like (laughs) (laughs) in the Republican primary. Democrats
1: did have a pretty big incentive to do this, considering that, again, there was no primary. Like the Democratic primary here meant nothing. No delegates would have been awarded. So if you did want to go out and get out to vote, Why not just go vote Nikki Haley? Hey, maybe she'll win. Maybe Trump will be a little mad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Independents made up 44% of the overall vote in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley won those voters by 58%. Uh, She also overwhelmingly won those that identified as liberal or moderate voters as well. Mm -hmm. And then Nikki Haley, finally, Nikki Haley won a majority of voters that said abortion was their top issue voting in this GOP primary. Makes sense. Uh, Some interesting statistics, I think, but at some point, You got to get Republicans to vote for you (laughs) if you want to win the Republican primary. Uh, And because no other state really votes like New Hampshire does, no other state has this many independents Mm -hmm. participate in the primary election in this way. It's unlikely that she ever sees 43 percent or anything north of that ever again. No. And it's like, hmm, I
1: wonder I wonder uh, what proportion of New Hampshire voters thought immigration was their top issue. Much like how in (laughs) Iowa... That was the like top issue. Yeah. Golly, man.
0: Yeah, so uh, not an auspicious outcome for Nikki Haley, but she's staying in the race. Um, and I think we could talk about the next race that's coming up because there's actually a little hiccup with that. I was unaware of last week really? when we talked about how Nevada is next. So for some context, in 2020, there were all kinds of issues with caucuses on the Democratic side, if you all remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Iowa, there was uh, a ton of issues, even people accusing Pete Buttigieg of straight-up cheating. Uh, Nevada caucuses had a similar issue. Um, Not a similar outcome, necessarily. It wasn't as bad as Iowa, but there were still a lot of issues with the caucus itself. So the Secretary of State said, fuck it, we're just going to do primaries. Caucuses, not happening in the state of Nevada anymore. Now, of course, primaries are a party function, but they are run by the Secretary of State. So... The GOP in Nevada wasn't very happy about this. They said, we're still going to do a caucus. Uh, nice. So we ended up with a similar situation as in New Hampshire, where the primary isn't going to get any delegates assigned to it. But the caucus is that the GOP is still holding. The issue for Nikki Haley, though, is that the uh, the GOP in Nevada already said, like, we support Trump before the election even happened. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, New Han- or the Nevada caucus really doesn't matter at all. Nikki Haley's not even competing in the Nevada caucus because of everything that's been going on, this kind of debacle. So the next real election is in South Carolina. Okay. And that's not until the end of February. So annoying. Yeah.
1: Our first our first election I've been so geeked for our first election year for like, I don't know, we've been doing this almost three years. And it's just like this. (laughs) Yeah, they're fucking it up. It's just this. It's just oh Trump won.
0: Yeah. Fuck it, whatever, dog. Uh, yeah, speaking of, like, fuck it, whatever, uh, and speaking of the Democrats, Joe Biden actually won the New Hampshire primary, despite it not mattering, and that, despite him not being on the ballot. Honestly, the biggest piece of news to come out of this thing, that <laughs> yeah. blew my fucking mind, because last week we were talking
1: about, like, oh, Miriam Williamson's going to win, Cornell West is going to win or something, and people on the online left are going to be really annoying about it. They can't even do that now. <laughs> no, th- I'm saying. <laughs> it's so fucking boring. <laughs> I'm saying,
0: like, the, okay, one of the best chances that, like, a an alternate candidate to Joe Biden had to win the Democratic primary was... Win in a state that, albeit didn't assign delegates, Uh but at least get the optical victory in a state where his name's not even on the ballot. I
1: was gonna say the the uh, the only chance that one of these like not Joe Biden candidates had to even gain a symbolic
0: victory was right here, and they couldn't even do that when his name wasn't there. And if you're (laughs) if you're wondering how how did Joe Biden win if his name's not on the ballot? It was a write-in campaign. Oh my, a successful write-in campaign. Joe Biden won with sixty-three point nine percent of the vote, being a write-in candidate. That's insane. Yes, he
1: won a higher proportion of the vote than trump did (laughs) as a write-in
0: as a write-in candidate god damn man uh dean phillips got 20 percent of the vote and marianne williamson got six point six percent of the vote for um anybody counting uh we're down the street uh by the street i mean twitter yeah is that marianne williamson is going to be dropping out soon although she posted a video i think last night Just talking, yapping to the camera where she said, I was thinking about dropping out, but I I can't do it. I got to stand on my principles.
1: Really? Uh, She's really doing a great job at pushing candidates left in this election cycle. Dog, there's, what? come on. I know that's what she tried to do in 2020, Mm -hmm. but in 2020 there were actual debates. There was like yeah. an actual. She was on reason. The stage. Exactly. There's an actual reason to get out here and try to use your rhetoric to push candidates. Left. Joe Biden's the guy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, unfortunately, and, like- and that's, that's not
0: even like towing the party line. It's just like we we've accepted as a culture uh for our political culture that if it is a presidential election cycle and a party has an incumbent president, unless that president's dead. Or has said they're not going to run again. They're just going to be the person. Mm -hmm. Like we, we kind of just accept that. There's a few like Jimmy Carter's the one exception, but he still won the primary ultimately. But for the most part, um, if you are the incumbent, you just get to run again. Yeah, you can say that's not like a a beneficial or man, you know, maybe it's a um, perhaps a harmful practice that we have in this country. But that's just like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. People kind of just accept it at that point. And for Dean Phillips, a guy who. Is almost the same, or it maybe is the same as Joe Biden yeah, on every single he, issue for the, him to beat out Marianne like Williamson house guy, right? Yeah, it makes me think that like we weren't ever really serious about primary and Joe Biden. Uh-uh. People are just yelling online, uh-uh. and I I wish someone would give him a real challenge.
1: I'm Believe saying, me. I, I wish someone could genuinely like actually get out here and push him left, especially right now. <laughs> especially yeah. right now, bro. <laughs>
0: It's just, I see all these people yelling and and sort of LARPing about how, uh, you know, they want to be revolutionaries and and we need like revolutionary change. We need to vote for somebody else. And then it's like, well, we're not really trying that hard, are Mm -hmm. we? Like No one's really that serious about it. We're letting Joe Biden
1: win write-in campaigns, (laughs) (laughs) like in symbolic primaries too, in primaries where you you really don't even need to try that hard on your write-in campaign because nobody's going to vote anyway because it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Well, and and it's like the people that seem to be, at least uh, to me, to be like the anti-Biden vote within the democratic primary are voting for Dean Phillips. Mm. And he's uh, worse on Israel than Biden is, yeah, from what I know. He, he he's the guy who did the interview with uh, the Podjons, right? Yeah. With
1: um last Pod on the left? Uh That's what their podcast is, yeah. Pod Save America. Pod Save America, not yeah. last pod on the left. They're, they're just liberals. But anyway, he went on there and he said, Yeah, I don't know, guys. Like, uh, we really need to be cool with Israel. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he said we need to be cool with Israel, and he's like, I'm not calling for a ceasefire. In fact, I'm not doing any conditions on the aid either. Exactly. Oh, yes, he said we should not condition aid. I do yeah. not think it'd be a good it's idea. It's like that's aid. the Biden stance. Uh-huh. So like what, what are we doing? <laughs> Is that what you're You know, maybe New know Hampshire's that. not not um representative of how the rest of the country would vote, perhaps, right? And I'm not trying to like bash on anybody, but it just it feels unserious to. To me when this uh-huh. happens you know what i mean and it, and it also makes me feel like the people that are yelling the loudest about i'm not going
1: to vote for biden we're going to vote anyway yeah like and this is exactly the issue is mm-hmm. that we're not making ourselves a serious voting block that these uh that these big party members have a reason yeah. to appeal to
0: yeah if i'm if i'm on the joe biden campaign uh and i'm uh you know a campaign strategist and i'm a liberal or whatever fake I, job i would well yeah of course <laughs> not real job you're not doing anything yeah. but like um you know assuming i'm employed and i'm getting paid for my fake job <laughs> I, I would have been worried before the primaries about especially younger voters coming out and voting for mm-hmm. me, given Biden's awful handling of, of Gaza and Israel. But looking at these results, looking at the write-in results, I'd, I'd be pretty confident that, like, I'm not going to face any resistance I, at I, all. I think things
1: are better than we would have thought for Biden, at least right now. But I do think once we get to the general—because, like, the the people that are going out and voting in primaries, it's not primarily young voters, is it?
0: Yeah, Like, the
1: demographics on that, I'm pretty sure skew towards young voters. Young voters voters. don't vote a lot anyway. Exactly, and that's why nobody fucking
0: cares to appeal to them. Especially
1: Nikki, Nikki, retire at when you die, Haley.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I just got my primary ballot, uh, mm -hmm. my absentee ballot, and I'm probably not gonna vote for Joe Biden. Like, there's no incentive for me to vote for Joe Biden in the Democratic primary because, like, that's your chance to be picky, right? But then we have a successful fucking (laughs) write-in campaign which never happens in a primary that doesn't count where there's, like, the least resistance Yes. To, like alternate <laughs> candidates. And, and I, I'm just expected to take all of this seriously. I, I, can't. Like,
1: it's I, I can't. I am more worried when it comes to the general and people, the, the general election, the one election that people go out and actually care about every four years. Yeah. I am more worried that younger people won't turn out in the numbers that they need to. But I, I honestly, maybe at this point, I don't think it'll make a big enough dent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And once again then Republicans are just gonna move further to the right to uh-huh. try to repeat the losses. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation.
1: More Republicans are gonna say they don't trust black pilots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Democrats should be like, well maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> 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 Maybe we shouldn't have black we pilots should, Maybe though. school should be harder. Everyone knows twenty twenty four, it's an election year, right? You know what else is an immutable fact? Wednesday weenies always lose to the weekly news cycle. You're always behind. This is even more undeniable in 2024. The, the these prim- Iowa caucus happening on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Super Tuesday, that's in the name. Yep. Wednesday
0: weenie, again, in the
1: name. If you want to get ahead of the news cycle, you need to head on over to patreon.com slash head in the office pod.
0: Listen, if you want the news when it happens rather than after it happens, consider becoming a patron. It's a good way to support the show. And it's a good way to stay up to date on everything this year as we deal with this tumultuous election season together.
1: Wear that head in the office patron badge on your sleeve. You can run around always. I'm a patron in the office. I get the news (laughs) when it happens.
0: Back to the episode. (laughs) Uh, We'll get to Joe Biden being a conservative in a moment. Uh, I think it's time to talk about the Civil War. Yes. Uh, Civil War II, that is. That's right. We're having a second one. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buy your toilet paper now. This you, isn't fear-mongering Are you team Biden Or team <laughs> what, Abbott Well uh, this is an uh, Actually we have an Ad sponsorship We are selling Supplements <laughs> 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 On some Alex Jones Shit Get your doomsday Kit right now Get your doomsday 50% Prepper off. kit
1: Get, We're actually Selling uh Selling portions Of a secret bunker That we have Damn. Somewhere
0: We can make so much Money doing that shit But we stand on business That's
1: crazy We, we can make a fake Website We could say hey If you live in Texas We're making nuclear Bunkers for when uh, Texas is fucking Nuked off the map After they <laughs> try to secede from the union rightfully again. so <laughs> again Golly.
0: anyway you all probably this is why you're all here this is the biggest news story this week this uh, one's been building up for a while bu- yeah it's, and we've been tracking it mm-hmm. for a little while too since at least 2021 um, but there's been an increasingly tense situation developing on the border between the federal government and the government of the state of texas yeah uh, and we're here the to autonomous you- government of the state of texas yeah, apparently yeah. The independent the lone uh. <laughs> star state they're really trying to act like it uh, as we've covered so many times on this show texas government governor greg abbott he's a republican of course has done a ton of monstrous things at the border from buzzsaw buoys that we've covered before putting barbed wire underneath the water where the bu- the the buzzsaw buoys are so if you try to swim under you drown mm-hmm. like you're just killing people just straight up putting razor wire on riverbanks and yes. into the water of popular border crossings yeah and that's what we're talking about today the latest demonic act is putting razor wire on the river bay of the rio grande river as a means of deterring or um uh, more accurately killing migrants yeah, just- just across. maiming immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Biden, uh, having control over the border as the president, mm-hmm. told Greg Abbott to remove the wire, I think, uh, in like November of was, last year. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was he, like a month or two ago. I, it was when the bus Abuy things popped off. He yeah. took it to court. Yeah, he he said you got to remove the razor wire on the River's Bay. Uh, Greg Abbott said no, and then Greg Abbott also refused to let Biden cut the wire with Border Patrol troops that Mm -hmm. are run by the federal government, by the way. When they came down to try to cut the wire, Abbott didn't let them. So the Biden administration sued, and this this case, which we never thought was going to go very well, went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And SCOTUS ruled 5-4 in Biden's favor that he has the authority to send Border Patrol troops to cut the wire because— it's the federal government and, and that's the federal border. There was an also also an issue that I'm
1: sure made it extra egregious for specifically like SCOTUS motherfuckers, and it was the fact that Texas was using this razor wire to block off access to the Rio Grande yeah. that the feds need to get into the river to save people. Yeah, yeah, oh, And to yeah. conduct rescue missions. Because a huge point of condition with this case is within Eagle Pass, where where this razor wire was, there were, I think, three migrants that died. Two of them children two of them children, and I think two of the migrants that died, the feds knew about, but they couldn't get into the river to go rescue because the razor wire was blocking
0: their path. Yeah, because the Texas government wasn't letting them cut the razor wire. Insane. And they were like, okay, like Border Patrol, like I would say inherently conservative already. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, But the fact that they were like, Ayo, we can't just let people die in the river. Uh (laughs) And the Texas government was like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Uh, And so two kids, and I think – if not a mother, then a, a woman also a mother, died. Yeah. Uh, because they they wouldn't let the federal government get through, and so Which that's is, kind of you the also can't for all do. Yeah, you,
1: abort, federally regulated thing. You cannot stop the feds from doing the things that the feds are assigned yeah. to do. Like, isn't that the federalist system that they uh, they have wet dreams about all yeah. the time?
0: Yeah. Um, so in response to all of this, Greg Abbott still refused to allow the federal government to cut the razor wire, even after the three migrants had died, uh, and he dropped a statement on January twenty fourth. To my surprise. Okay. This caught me by surprise, and I want to read... This is right after the Supreme Court ruling, right? Yeah, yeah. That said, you have to take this <laughs> razor wire out. You have yeah. to. You do not have the authority to do this. And so here are some excerpts, I thought, to uh, frame the conversation we're about to have. So he says, quote, The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. He continues on, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. He cites a couple of clauses from the Constitution that literally don't support his position, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I do think it's ironic that he cites Alexander Hamilton, who was like, the central power guy <laughs> who, who would be the first one saying, like, Sir, you got to drop the nuke on him. Yeah, like, saying, you got to kill Greg. Abbott. Like, Sir, we are be invading the Texas. Yeah. He would not uh, at all be saying that uh, you, you should um, practice restraint. And Greg mm-hmm. Abbott's actually in legal boundaries here. Also, nothing in the Constitution about cartels or smuggling millions of illegal immigrants <laughs> across the border. Uh, lastly, he ends with For reasons I have already declared an invasion, uh, or for these reasons I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority as well as state law to secure the Texas border. And that's where it ends.
1: I think the United States Constitution is actually the supreme law of the land if we want to invoke that language. I think that kind of trumps the Texas state constitution when we consider, I don't know our federalist system.
0: And I think he's he's trying to argue here in this statement that he put out that uh, what immigration constitutes is an invasion, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. Why that's completely false, um, and that the Constitution says a state can defend itself if it is under you know if it's being invaded, which mm-hmm. we're going to argue that it isn't. Um, of course, though, uh, this is nonsense, yes. and he completely leaves out the previous part of the clause that says, "Hey, yo, you can't fucking do this," <laughs> <laughs> which will again we'll we'll get to all of this in a moment. Before we do that, though, um, as of today, January twenty eighth, Biden really hasn't responded. To the situation? That's insane. As far as I know, I I could be wrong, but I haven't seen very much come out from Joe Biden himself. He put out a post about passing a bipartisan immigration deal to, like, deal with the situation at the border, which we'll talk about, and we'll uh, we'll make the argument that he's being way more conservative than he should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this, to me, is hardly a response to secessionist behavior, because that's what this is. How are we just going to let rogue governors run wild and literally kill people? It's not just a rogue governor going
1: crazy and, I don't know, doing whatever, doing fuck all, just spewing rhetoric he's literally killing people
0: no yeah he's he's fighting for a state's right to kill people to kill immigrants at the border he
1: said in a statement i think earlier this month or late last month the only reason we aren't shooting migrants as they come across is because the biden's doj would persecute us for murder yeah
0: (laughs) for doing murder yeah (laughs) if we do murder biden's doj will prosecute us oh my gosh so i i want to try to take each of these arguments in turn First, Greg Abbott and other Republicans constantly frame immigration as a sort of invasion, quote unquote, right? And this is a means of legitimizing the violence they want to do against immigrants. Mm -hmm. Because if you say it's an invasion, then you can basically do whatever you want. They often cite something like six million illegal immigrants have crossed the border since Biden's been president as a sort of piece of evidence to support that this is an invasion. But there's a couple problems with that. First of all, the stat that six million illegal immigrants have come in is actually kind of wrong uh, because it's six million border encounters, not six million illegal immigrants coming into the country and living here now. Importantly... That's that again, it considers uh, encounters, events, um, just interactions that border patrol are having mm-hmm. with people that are crossing illegally. It isn't six million individuals, and it doesn't account for if the uvi- individual is unique or not, meaning yeah. that the same person can come back 100 times, 100 days in a row, and that would be counted as one, uh, it would be counted as 100 border encounters. Yes. But it's the same person every single time. And importantly, that's not six million people in the country. It's 6 million people that Border Patrol has encountered that have tried to cross into the country that have been turned away. Mm -hmm. So this stat is just wildly misinterpreted to service a a conservative agenda here. Also, the Migrant Policy Institute states that only 2.4 million migrants have been allowed in since Biden took office. And that, quote, most of these individuals are in active removal proceedings in immigration court in which they can claim asylum as a defense against removal.
1: Yeah, because that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand what actually happens when someone illegally crosses the border. So when someone doesn't cross at a standard port of entry or go through the standard asylum process which is borderline impossible to get into yeah. anyway because there's like I don't know a thousand slots a day or some shit like that yeah. when they cross through say Eagle Pass or somewhere in Arizona most immigrants immediately go in search of a border patrol agent to turn themselves in so that they can get an opportunity to be processed for asylum and then yeah. they are given a court date Oftentimes, this process takes years and once they get their court date they are admitted into the United States to live and work until they're hearing uh-huh. and then depending on whether or not they are approved for their uh in in their claim that they're seeking asylum which is an international right which is something that you you have to let them do or you're in violation of international law um they're deported yeah, or they stay in, whichever one. And
0: what did you say? That like 90% of all immigrants show up to their case? 89% of all immigrants show up to their case. I think that's from Human Rights Watch. Yeah, it's straight up not... The only issue we have with the system is that it's not accessible enough. Exactly. Not that people are abusing it or not that people are coming into the country and just like skirting all possible regulation.
1: And it's like, come on, like, I, I, I just don't understand why. So you're telling me that it's like completely okay that we, okay, yeah, I get it. They're crossing the border. They go seek asylum. They get processed for a court date. We're just going to let them live and work here for years, yeah. sometimes even like 10 years they live and work here before they're hearing, and then they can just be deported. Well, Dog, at that point, why aren't they just citizens? Well, yeah, and,
0: and that's exactly the point is they're living here or they're working here. They're probably raising families here uh, without the rights of a citizen. Yeah. They can't vote. Uh, for uh, most localities do not allow them to vote the very few that do I think are in the north places like New York Uh Um, uh, I think Los Angeles might allow you to vote in local elections perhaps but for the most part uh, if you are waiting on your asylum court case you can't participate in elections you don't have the rights afforded to a citizen you're probably facing a large amount of discrimination Mm -hmm. you can't really advocate for yourself in the workplace or you face a lot of discrimination these people are some of the most vulnerable people on the planet and Republicans want to treat them as though there's some kind of invading army. Oh my this is God, Nazi shit. It's Nazi rhetoric. It's
1: so fucking stupid. You can't tell me that the abuelas coming through with their their grandchildren yeah. are invading the country to dilute the white race. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that Biden is facilitating this information for reasons we'll get into later. But, but anyway, stick with me throughout this whole little bit here. The only problem with the... Because in December there were like a record 250,000 encounters at the border, right? Yeah. The only issue that we are Facing with these record number of encounters Record number of people crossing the border Is that our NGOs that Actually process process them Once they turn themselves into border control And are given legal and rightful admission Into the country to live and work The NGOs are being a little bit overwhelmed yeah. And the offices and asylum uh, uh, They got like a fancy title The asylum officers yeah. are also being Overwhelmed because it's a lot of people to deal with So overwhelmed in fact that I think in Arizona They started just offloading them onto the streets mm-hmm. That's the that issue sucks. here the issue is that the it's 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 hard to process them through. The solution is not to turn them away at the border. The solution mm-hmm. is to not throw razor wire into the borders mm-hmm. so that we maim and kill them. It's to fund these NGOs. It's so that they can be properly staffed, have proper facilities to actually get these people into the country as they can as is okay
0: yeah (laughs) so that's two points for you first that the six million illegal immigrants coming into the country is a wildly inflated number that is not in any way accurate of how many people have actually entered the united states um and that it seems to be uh, a funding issue for asylum seekers that we just we don't have the resources necessary which a uh, a deal in congress would help with but um For reasons we'll explain in a little while, the deal that we're probably going to get is only going to make it worse. Uh Uh, But again, that's besides the point, as you already mentioned, that immigrants have a legal right to seek asylum in the United States. And if Latin American countries are as bad as Republicans say that they are with cartels and gang crime and drug trafficking and the like, why wouldn't immigrants try to seek asylum yeah. in the United States? Yeah. Like if we use their own logic against them, if these countries are so terrible um, and in places where they all terrible, it's usually because of the United States intervention. But let's say, you know, countries that they're coming from are not great places to be. Why wouldn't they try to seek a better life in the U S
1: and, and it's also like, okay, if we're accepting the Republican frame that these places are so horribly riddled with cartels, which yeah, in some cases,
0: it's pretty bad. Oh, right? yeah. Ecuador right now is, is struggling a lot with the that. The
1: cartels are not coming to America to work under harsher conditions and a stricter <laughs> DOJ. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not what it is. It's the people who are victims of these horrible systems that are coming to seek a better life. Sure, there are cartel members that come through. Sure, there's trafficking that happens. There's crime that happens. There There are some MS-13 gang members that come uh-huh. through. It's not the amount that Trump wants you to think there are, but yeah, there are some. I promise you cartels are not taking over anytime soon, dog. Yeah. I promise you not. You know what these immigrants are coming through and doing? Making up 23% of Texas's <laughs> workforce. Yeah. 23%. And undocumented immigrants, which I think includes people who never fill out their form like 750, which allows them to actually get their work permits once they're legally processed and get a court date for asylum. 8% of Texas' workforce
0: is undocumented immigrants. Yeah.
1: If Greg Abbott actually stood on business, he would destroy the Texas <laughs> yeah. economy.
0: Yeah, cracking down on immigration would be, uh, economic suicide for Greg Adams. Absolutely devastating yeah. for the state. And like, uh, of course, immigrants face a lot of exploitative working conditions, especially undocumented yeah. immigrants, like exploited all the time by these small businesses, specifically in like the agriculture industry. But the solution to that in my mind is to offer them workers' rights not <laughs> to kick them out of the country and separate families at the border yeah. and put razor wire. so we're drowning children as they try to cross. Golly, man. it's That's all it's, I'm saying.
1: It's just, it's fucking insane. Yeah. It's so fucking insane. They are strictly, almost strictly, Good for the economy Uh Sure strain on Bureaucratic systems Right now That can be fixed We can scale Well, yeah, and it's because
0: all they can do is put into the economy. Exactly, if you're an undocumented immigrant, you can't take anything out of the economy. You can't. You don't have a social security number. You can't apply for Mm -hmm. welfare benefits. Like you can't benefit from any of these services. Eight percent of Texas's workforce is subject to the
1: regressive just consumption tax. They are strictly just paying taxes into the system. That's it. They're just paying taxes. They can never withdraw social security. They can never withdraw unemployment when they need it. They cannot call on any government benefits they can't get section 8 housing
0: they can't get food stamps yeah. they can't
1: do any well, of that yeah, they're
0: undocumented I, they have no
1: papers i've
0: seen people make arguments against us on like on twitter and uh you know wherever else we're posting where they're like oh well undocumented immigrants come in they don't pay any tax on their income and then they send money back to their families like dog if they're living in the u.s getting paid probably below minimum they're getting wage, paid pennies on the dollar huh? undocumented <laughs> immigrant they're spending all of that money the little amount of money that they do say all that money which mm-hmm. is getting again cycled through the u.s economy any of the money that they do send to is probably so little that it wouldn't even matter oh you're talking about yeah because conservatives right now sending Ron back to their family
1: yeah. loves to talk about taxing remittances and i feel like i've seen more republicans come out and just straight up say on twitter that oh my god no these fan, they're these immigrants they're a drain on us they're taking money out of the u.s economy they're sending their remittances back to mexico or wherever the fuck they came from dog if, <laughs> if you genuinely cared about money being Extracted from the United States into other markets, I feel like you'd want to go a little harder on corporations for outsourcing literally everything. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I feel like you'd want to go a little bit harder on capital flight. Literally, what it's called when corporations do it.
0: Yeah, no. But instead of you know challenging capitalism or capitalists in any meaningful way, it's uh, let's hurt the brown person. Exactly. Let, <laughs> let's hurt the immigrant.
1: Let's hurt the brown person who already works shit conditions, has literally no worker production, <laughs> protections, has to do everything under the table, yeah. who sends a hundred bucks. <laughs> back to their family back in where they came from and let's not worry about the I don't know multi-billionaire CEO corporation owner who does all his manufacturing overseas and just Mm -hmm. constantly extracts wealth from us here
0: you know they wouldn't have to uh, uh, tax remittances or even they wouldn't have to send money immigrants wouldn't have to send money back if we just like let their families live here too
1: real (laughs) all the money would stay in the US we'd have more workers here then Uh maybe Texas
0: wouldn't struggle (laughs) Now, um, of course, the reason that so many people cross the border illegally is just simply because it's so difficult to get legal approval to come here in the first place. And of course, I, I don't know if you already said this, but a lot of immigrants that end up crossing illegally just go and claim asylum yeah. at like a port of entry, and an abs- official port. C- claiming asylum, like I, I cannot be, I blew my mind
1: learning about this, right? Yeah. Claiming asylum when you cross illegally is turning yourself in. Yes. Most immigrants immediately turn themselves in. And if they are a uh, family or a child, instantly they're granted access to the United States and given access to get a court date to for their asylum date yeah. and if they're a single person they're most often turned away
0: yeah well and, and the crazy part is i don't know if, if you remember this but this was popular maybe not popular but just notorious i suppose back in 2018 yeah. they would have like literal children show up for immigration hearings uh-huh for for asylum hearings like you'd have you have a four-year-old in the courtroom and the judge is like trying to talk to them
1: like dog what, like, the, what what, are we what doing? the fuck are we doing here
0: <laughs> yeah but like try to follow this logic for a moment right dear listener If we supposedly militarize the border, we make it really difficult to come in here legally, to um, establish an asylum claim legally, if we're setting up razor wire and making it treacherous to to cross the border and people, immigrants are are fleeing harsh conditions back home, they have no choice but to go Mm -hmm. north into the United States what kind of organizations do you think that would push them to associate with? Yeah. It's going to be people that are doing human trafficking. It's going to be illegal groups, gangs, p- uh, cartels because like if you can't get into the US on your own because you might cross and die mm-hmm. uh, from the razor wire or you could get shot by like a border patrol officer or whatever then you're going to work with a group that's promising you a path into the United States. The- and those are often groups that are doing these horrible things that Republicans complain about.
1: Mm-hmm. And y- yeah, no, it's it's absolutely insane. You, you shove people into these overflow facilities that are woefully underfunded, awful conditions or in some cases systems are so overwhelmed that in arizona they're literally driving people off on the street and then you want to talk about crime Mm -hmm. as if there's not reasons why they're committing crime if they are
0: yeah Come on now, let's be serious. I I was going to bring this up a bit later, but um, immigrants commit crimes at uh, disproportionately lower rates than American citizens Who'd have thunk? Maybe they
1: have more to lose for committing a crime. they have much more
0: to lose being here in the United States. That's for illegal and legal immigrants that are in the United States. (laughs) States. They commit crimes at lower rates than than, um, American-born citizens. And finally- uh, the last point I have on this invasion piece is even if what uh, everything we said is false, and there are six million people here in the United States right now um, that that are immigrants, that isn't an invasion. Mm-hmm. Those are people seeking a better life. There's no military force or outside external force that is getting them to come into the United States. Saying it's an invasion, by the way, is the same way that the Nazis tried to frame invasion from other or uh, immigration from other countries yeah. into their country. They would say that people coming into Germany, it's a sort of invasion led by the Jews, of course, well, as was well, their claim.
1: Saying it's an invasion is just a easier, more, I don't know, PC way of saying, oh, they're coming here to dilute the white race. Well, exactly. Like they are, yeah. they are coming into this country to do horrible, bad things, to dilute uh, Western values, whatever the fuck they want to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to make it seem like there aren't any issues with drug trafficking or other illegal activities at the border and in uh, Latin American countries like are those issues? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, and those are issues we should try to contend with. But we don't combat those by making the border or making crossing the border even more difficult and even more treacherous. Yeah. And creating larger black markets that push immigrants or people that want to establish asylum here towards those gangs and cartels. Mm-hmm. We don't make that situation any better by making our immigration system even harsher. I just feel like if we made it uh, a little bit easier... Uh, and we're a little bit more humane with how we treated people, then maybe they wouldn't be tush- pushed towards such horrible people to try to get into the U.S. Yeah,
1: and it's there, there's
0: also the fact that we are always going to have indig- immigration by virtue of being
1: a country with borders. The all, we yeah, we are always going to have to deal with issues at the border. Mm-hmm. It is always going to be something that we do need to sink money and resources into by virtue of just existing as a country. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's just it. So when you sign up to govern a border state, you cannot bitch about having border state duties. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sorry you can't do it and you shouldn't nobody should be getting into government to solve easy problems you know mm-hmm. what i mean this is a very complex issue you you shouldn't go into the legislature or the state government the federal government wherever and think oh yeah you know this issue is just going to be whatever we're just going to put waves or wire up yeah. you should be getting in there to actually try and work to solve issues and work <laughs> to allocate funding where it ought to be oh my god yeah man. that's
0: why uh with with all of that that we've just talked about it's like It's just racism against immigrants that motivates this behavior. It's not any, like, complex, oh, I care about the economy, I care about the American workers, so on and so forth. It's just racism at the end of the day. And, and I don't know if you mentioned this here yet, but you mentioned it earlier. It was something, most of the
1: immigrants that are uh, here, most of the illegal immigrants here are on overstayed visas. Yes. It, yes. That, that's it. They yeah. Overstayed visas that they were granted and they just didn't go back They, they were
0: already approved to be in the U.S. Uh-huh. They already went through background checks and whatever that system is. Uh, they just didn't leave when yeah. they were supposed to.
1: Nobody cares about immigration from the northern border. Also an issue.
0: Yeah. Also in- a massive issue. And, and that's the other thing. The last two points on this that I have are, I, I can't let us get away without pointing out the hypocrisy of a us always framing uh, the southern border in this like drug trafficking kind of way, where it's like there's all this violence and um, harm to American citizens that's coming from the southern border. When a lot of drug, drug trafficking is done at legal points of entry by American citizens. Mm-hmm. Like, And if we're not going to try to contend with that, then we're not really trying to deal with drugs. We're trying to keep brown people out of the yeah, country.
1: We don't care about the issue. We're, or or, maybe we're even not even trying to keep brown people off the country. We're just trying to um, invoke the values that that presents yeah. to win political points. Come on, man. Yeah. Come yeah. on.
0: Also, the last thing I want to say, uh, and this is kind of a side note, but we would expect a sharp uptick in immigration following COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Because during that time, during the three-year period where COVID was, I, I guess... Two year period where we had Title forty two, uh, we were turning so many people away with that policy under Trump and under Biden. Yeah. So of course we would expect uh, a, a lot more people to show up after our emergency, um, I guess our emergency provisions have expired or they've been done away with because they, they don't exist anymore. People mm-hmm. are coming and trying to get into the country again. Like I, I don't know what's so difficult about this to understand. Yeah. Sure, we're reaching record highs in in some cases on some days, but wouldn't we expect that after we just went through a global pandemic and we weren't allowing that many people to come into the country? Mm-hmm. I, this seems logical to me.
1: And it's also they they do conservatives love to pin it on just by by virtue of Biden being the president. Right. And you know what? I, I Sure. I can give it to him on that because when Republicans are in power, they say things like I would literally kill every single one of yeah. them if I wasn't going to face legal prosecution. Mm-hmm. Democrats don't. Yeah, come no. on what are more favorable conditions to immigrate under
0: i think there is something to the idea that um perhaps immigrants try to come to the u.s when there's not a uh, uh as much of a maniac in power yeah right it,
1: it makes intuitive sense yeah
0: you know what i mean yeah 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 and i think that might be the case but again that's not a bad thing because immigration yeah. isn't necessarily a bad it's thing.
1: certainly not a bad thing for texas <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. a quarter of their workforce depending on immigrants right so that wraps up this sort of quote on, uh, or the, this claim that it's a sort of invasion coming into the Southern border. Uh, we've talked about a lot of statistics and kind of played out the logic here, even playing on Republican turf or conservative ter- turf rhetorically. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just racism. It's yeah. not an invasion. And then framing it in such terms is just Nazi rhetoric. It's, it's to legitimize violence against them. Because if you're being invaded, then you can fight back with force. Yep. Right. That's the idea. You know what one of my favorite activities is? What? Reading. Oh, I love reading. I love literature. And one of my favorite things to read are the reviews we get on Apple Podcasts. Always. Not only do I love to read them, but it's a really great way to support the show. If you want to help us out, go and leave a five-star review on Apple. As always, we read them here on the show. And if you want to make me happy... If you want to become my non-parasocial friend, That's right. one step on the thousand steps that it takes to get there is to leave a five-star review on Apple. We'd really appreciate it. Just remember, my friendship, it's for
1: sale. Mm-hmm. And if, Precisely. You, if you want to become one of my friends, you can go to the Patreon or completely for free, mm-hmm. you can leave a review on Apple. And even if you don't want to become my friend, don't you want to see another human smile?
0: Exactly. So consider leaving a review on Apple. It really helps out the show. It's a free way to do it. And uh, you'll be one step closer to being... A real friend of ours exactly
1: now with that back to the episode uh but I think we could talk about the constitution I you know me personally I'm a constitutional scholar I'm, I'm a, an originalist I'm a I love
0: I'm the a textualist I look it's at a, a, the listen I look at the text of the constitution that's right and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold true to that today it's a
1: it's a living document. Maybe it's not breathing. Uh-uh. But <laughs> it's a living no. document.
0: It doesn't change. It should never change. It, it doesn't change. It should never change. And we're going to interpret the uh, the text that Greg Abbott invokes as it was written, as it was meant to be understood by the people that mm. wrote it in 1787 or fucking whatever. You know,
1: dare I say, the Constitution lived and breathed life into me, so that mm. I could be the mouthpiece for what it was originally meant
0: to yeah. be dare i say there's no interpretation happening here no
1: not, I'm not just at all understanding I, I am the mouthpiece for <laughs> uh-huh. the constitution
0: so greg abbott claims that article one section 10 clause three gives him the right to defend his border in the way that we've described with you know razor wire in the rivers bay um presumably just murdering migrants as he said he kind of wants to do if yeah we, if we use um uh deduction from uh, i don't know just what he said and previously.
1: Like, and like, I, I got to say, I got to say, you know, it's not, it's not all the time where I have to criticize our dear listeners, mm-hmm. but y'all kind of fumbled in voting Florida, the worst state of
0: 2023.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Ta- we, we, we got out there and we said, we, we, said we, we said it should have been Texas. We said it should have been Texas. Looking at what's happening now, should have been Texas. Well,
0: they're they're running away with the 2024 title right
1: Absolutely. now. Absolutely, <laughs> I did. I, I don't know if anyone's going to be
0: able to top what they're doing right now. No, this is secessionist evil. talk from the state that got stolen twice already. Yeah, explicitly secessionist, as we'll get into. So again, Greg Abbott claims that this specific clause give him gives him the right to defend his borders. Also, just a side note, they've been uh, phrasing all of this in like self defense terms. Yeah, that's corny.
1: And it's also like, they're not your borders,
0: dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. is like, if you don't want to be the governor of a border, leave. No one's making you be governor. I'm sure people in Iowa would love to have him. Uh (laughs) I'm sure the people there would love him. Anyways, here's what this clause that he invoked himself actually says. Quote, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty or tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in times of peace, enter and enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay basically saying you can't do this unless there's an actual warlike invasion happening nice yeah you can't do acts of war you can't enter into these compacts with other states as texas has already done with like 25 or something governors signing on to the same letter greg abbott wrote You can't do this. There's no invasion happening. You can't do... The Constitution says you can't do this. Man, that's so sick. And the Supreme Court said, hey, the razor wire's got to go. And it's just straight up just... Supreme Court doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he, He's doing what I've been trying to do.
1: But this time, <laughs> yeah. it's for when the Supreme Court delivers a good decision. Come yeah. on. Why can't Biden say no when they said, no, you can't forgive student loans?
0: Yeah, and importantly, uh, I think some conservatives have said that the SCOTUS decision said that Biden has the right to send Border Patrol to cut the wire, not that Abbott can't lay more wire. Which to me is the equivalent um, technically <laughs> Yeah. To me it's the equivalent of like, you said uh I had to erase the slur I wrote on the whiteboard, not that I couldn't write it again. Well, um actually <laughs> <laughs> So of course, uh, Texas's entire argument rests on the idea that they're being invaded, which of course uh, they're not being invaded, uh, and the Constitution, surprise, surprise, actually disagrees with them on this point. So, man, that's sick. originalism.
1: That's so sick. I mean, when you get Amy Coney Barrett and what is it, um, uh, uh, Roberts, yeah. to flip, I mean, bro. Yeah, come on. We're never gonna get Clarence. Never Clarence on the it. wrong side of every big decision. That Clarence comes and out of Alito, everything. We're never gonna. And, you get know, it. I really should have checked out his dissenting opinion. I wonder what it could have been.
0: <laughs> I wonder what it could have been. Just Texas is being invaded. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Uh, let's talk about how this uh, this could get worse. Oh, this this could get worse. So Greg Abbott is now uh, acting in defiance of the federal government. He's acting in defiance of the Supreme Court. Uh, as I said, so, uh, some conservatives have tried to hit us with the um, technically, but um, <laughs> I don't think this is going to hold up in the face of. Uh, power from the federal government At least it shouldn't yeah. In my mind uh, The last time the South Tried to act in such defiance Trying to skirt the rules Of the federal government Surrounding uh, the direction We should go for slavery mm-hmm. Tariffs and taxes And things like this uh, Didn't end very well For the South well, The last time the federal government Said you cannot treat people Inhumanely uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They
1: they left the union And yeah. things didn't go too well
0: Yeah and that's why I want to uh, impress Into all of you That this is Secessionist behavior mm-hmm. Right like the South Was trying to The, the fundamental argument That the South was trying to make it does have something to do with states rights it's that we don't have to follow the rule of the federal government even if the federal government says you have to do this this is the law yeah right that was the idea of course the state's rights uh, what the state wanted to have a right to do was own slaves <laughs> Uh, but the the core tension was if they had to listen to the federal government, and it seems like that's what that's the tension here as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think civil war is necessarily as likely as as it happened back in you know the 1860s or whatever. Um, just because wars of that kind, like barricade wars, just they, they don't really happen. Yeah, they, as there's, much anymore. there's no way. Um, but this is secessionist behavior, and it should mm-hmm. be uh, stopped. And it, but it's also like things are weirdly escalating. Things yes, are escalating
1: yeah. in a way that I feel like they there should be stops in place to never get us to this point. A coalition of, like, 10 red state governors?
0: I think it was 25.
1: 25? All, all
0: of them except Vermont, I believe.
1: Oh, my God. So 25 state governors decided that, you know what, we are We are backing Texas in their um, abdication of federal law. And they sent, nas- er, they sent their state National Guard troopers to Texas. Yep. What the fuck are yeah. we doing? Yeah, they
0: sent troops from the National Guard, which is on lease from the federal government, technically. Yeah, those are yours. Yeah, those, they're not, they're <laughs> not like owned by the states, right? They, the National Guard for each state is from the federal government, and the state just runs the National Guard there. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Sending troops is crazy. Sending troops is crazy, but Biden could step in and say,
1: they're not your troops anymore. Well, he, within yeah. full rights of his office, he can say, no, we're taking these back into the National Guard and yeah. I'm ordering them all to stand down. But I honestly, maybe I wouldn't be surprised. Texas has some state militias mm-hmm. like that are completely under control of Greg Abbott or private
0: organizations. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys went crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. It, it would, it, well, I would be surprised just to see, like, um, fatalities yeah. In this con like this yeah. actually become an actual conflict where like people die or, or are injured perhaps by another American citizen. Uh but yeah, Biden could easily say, like, all right, all the National Guard that's being sent down to the border, <laughs> like stop you're you're back in the you're back on the payroll of the federal government. Yeah, You can't do this. But
1: it's I don't know why he hasn't.
0: I don't know either. I don't know it's what
1: weakness. he's pussyfooting around when it comes to this. Is he is he so worried that this will make him seem light on immigration? I think so. Cuz he is very worried about
0: that. Yeah, and, and as we'll talk about with the the immigration deal that we're about to cover, it seems like Biden doesn't want to be seen as weak on an immig- immigration anymore. Even though I I guess that's the perception among conservatives, but you're not going to win them yeah. ever. On but the issue is, of immigration like, do,
1: do you seem weak on the border for doing this Or do you seem just weak in general If you allow I don't know 26
0: states To rise up against yeah. you yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it really is a master class in power moves by Greg I, I can't, I, I got to give him his flowers for the power move, you know what I mean? Game is game. But also, like, even if you are perceived as, like, letting uh, millions of illegal immigrants in, Joe Biden, sometimes you got to stand out of business for beliefs that other people think are bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to be like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, don't capitulate. You know what, what are we doing? You
1: know right. yeah. <laughs>
0: sometimes you are right. Yeah. Uh, you are right. Generally speaking, though, the idea that any state can declare an invasion on their own population and thereby just ignore federal rules and supreme court rulings mm-hmm. is lunacy <laughs> that's insane like we don't have federalism anymore yeah. if, if any state can just be like x represents an invasion then then what what is the federal government
1: and it's also just by virtue of texas ignoring the supreme court joe biden has a duty as being part of one of the three branches of government one of the three branches of government to do a check and balance do what the executive branch is supposed to do and enforce the rulings of the supreme court Mm -hmm. here this is like the one instance the one ruling that they've dropped in the last couple years i'd be like yeah we should enforce that actually
0: yeah and it's not like this it's not like it's unheard of that the federal government is going and enforcing federal rules like with the power of of military right like we can remember back uh, after brown v board of education when schools were formally being integrated racially I think it was JFK or, or Eisenhower that used the National was Guard it? to ensure that black students weren't harmed going into white schools. Was it LBJ? I can't remember exactly. It, who was it was one of those old guys. But but like we used the National Guard to enforce racial integration. That was the Little Rock was, Nine, right? Uh, I don't fucking remember something. History.
1: Either way, like yeah, there were protesters outside of the school when black kids were first allowed into a now desegregated <laughs> school. Uh, mm-hmm. The state National Guard, I think, was actually against the black kids for some reason, and then the president he brought them back into the federal government, and then they escorted the black kids to their class and protected them as integration went on.
0: Yeah, and that was necessary. You had to do that because Uh they would have faced some amount of violence. So it's not like this is completely out of the bounds of history for a president to enforce federal rulings, enforce federal rules with the power of, say, the National Guard, for example.
1: Especially when it's already been invoked by a yeah. state to do a bad thing. Yep. It's, this is, it, it, he has a moral responsibility to act on this and to actually do something before, yeah. I don't know, we let more people get maimed under razor wire in a river.
0: Yeah. When, when I first saw this news break on Wednesday, I was— I was pretty convinced, I, I, maybe it's just wishful thinking, that Biden was going to be pretty forceful here. Yeah. Because he said, like, you have 24 hours to fix this problem, Greg Abbott, on, I think, Wednesday night. So I was waiting, like, Thursday night, something's going to happen. And it's like, shit, and Greg Abbott called his bluff. I didn't really see anything happen. Like, I, there hasn't been any, like, conflict, of course. I don't want people to die because of yeah, this. Yeah, I don't want an exchange of fire. But I, I haven't seen very uh, a very harsh response from Biden at all. And to me, it's, yeah, like you said, it's either going to look like weakness because some rogue Republican governor can just do whatever they want. Want, or it's going to look like he's a strong president and maybe perhaps a little authoritarian mm-hmm. uh, by crushing whatever this is supposed to be. If but it's supposed to be some form of God resistance. God damn it,
1: dude. The only people that are going to think that are the whiniest conservatives. It's going to be like a John Doyle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's only going to be those guys that would be against that move because yeah. they're the most racist people in the country.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it would be authoritarian to like maintain federalism. you know, no. Law and order. I don't think <laughs> do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's authoritarian to do what's in your power to stop bad things. That are actively going on Yeah
0: That's not And I just um, Before we leave I want to just Maybe to lead into Our next session About immigration Because we're going to be Talking about legislation I just feel like I got it We got to run through this Always I have to remind you all Immigration is not bad for the United States. Yes. Immigration has a net positive impact in the US economy. Evidence suggests that Americans are not harmed economically by immigrants coming into the US. Some studies actually suggest that immigration raises wages in some cases because there's more people doing commerce. I was in the gonna US. say explicitly, immigration does
1: not depress
0: the late wages yes. of low wage workers.
1: That's a myth. It just does not happen.
0: Yeah, and oftentimes uh immigrants end up filling jobs that like American citizens don't want to work, which mm-hmm. is an exploitative relationship, of course. Yeah. And the answer there to me again is to give them workers rights not to kick them <laughs> out of the country so on the economy immigration is not bad for the US again the most common type of illegal immigration is overstaying a visa meaning they were already approved for entry uh, immigrants again are less likely to be convicted of crimes than Americans born in the United States Republicans just use this immigration use immigration as a sort of tool to fear monger because they need a replacement for their lack of solutions on other actual issues like stagnating wages like climate change like mass of wealth inequality and so on right it's like as long as they can use this fear of the other and get you thinking about immigration they don't have to tackle actual issues that really impact your life like mm-hmm. the fact that you can't afford education well, or shit. the fact that you can't afford health care and it's all just motivated by racism and xenophobia that's all it is immigration's yeah. good for the united states
1: well shit, as as we're going to get into they don't even have to tackle the issue
0: Yeah. They don't even have to tackle it. All they got to do is complain, complain, complain. Immigration Uh is good for the United States. Don't let anybody tell you that immigration somehow hurts the United States. It doesn't. It simply doesn't. It is beneficial.
1: So is it time to move on to uh, Democrats telling us that immigration (laughs) is bad for the United States?
0: (laughs) I guess it is. All right. Yeah, I guess it is. So in related news, we got to talk about Congress. Uh, As we speak right now, there's a bipartisan bill on immigration. Very bipartisan Like, bill. Extra, like harmfully bipartisan, destructively like, bipartisan. There is a right-wing bill moving through <laughs> Congress right now. That's what bipartisan means nowadays. It's just Democrats caved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> except for, I guess,
1: like the infrastructure deal. There is, a, there is a bill that Mitch McConnell says, we got
0: everything we wanted out of yes. this bill yes. moving through the Senate right now. Uh, so that bill. Is, uh, it's on immigration. It's working its way through Congress at the moment. It would avoid a government shutdown. And I. Th- it's kind of unclear at the moment, it but is. I think it, it is it, tied to Israel-Ukraine funding. Okay, it's tied to Ukraine and Israel funding. We don't have all the details right now. Uh, I don't think like the text itself is available just mm-hmm. yet. But the bill would do a couple of things, including adding more funding for border patrol, set new limits on asylum seekers, give the president new powers to expel those who cross illegally, and allow the president to completely shut down the border, something Biden has said he will do on Day one, if this bill passes. They're, Biden not doing anything to make our advocacy in this <laughs> election any easier. Well, no, and my thought was like for conservatives, this should immediately put to rest the idea that Biden is flooding the country with illegal immigrants to yeah. win the election.
1: Well, you would think if they acted in good faith, because what Trump has been saying is on day one, I'm in the presidency, January twenty first, I will shut down the border. Biden's saying I'll do it now. <laughs> he scopped this whole flow. <laughs> Biden said, I'm just gonna do it now.
0: Yeah, so Biden said he will shut down the border. Uh, Functionally, this is a conservative's wet dream. Um, It's an optical win for Biden, of course, uh, as someone who's typically seen as weak on the border from uh, his right flank. Uh, And to be clear, we're not going to end up liking this bill. I'm pretty sure Mm -mm. there might be some redeeming qualities, like maybe more money for like the court system to work out asylum seekers and stuff like that. But for the most part, it seems like it's going to be pretty fucking awful, especially if Mitch McConnell supports it.
1: From details that have leaked, it seems like his complete shutdown at the border would entail if there are more than 5000 crossings per day, uh, average per day per like over a week period then border patrol is not just allowed to but they are obligated to just turn everyone away which is crazy that doesn't come through a legal port of entry just turn everyone away send it back to mexico no more come through and go seek asylum go through the asylum process yeah. and the people who can seek the asylum process it is moved from a years-long process to six-month process
0: yeah so everything we said in the previous section about how our immigration system sucks this makes it worse yeah <laughs> explicitly yep. makes it worse And now with this bill um, being praised by Mitch McConnell, being praised by Lindsey Graham, being supported by uh, lots of conservatives, you would think, easy peasy, it's going to pass, right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, that's not the case, actually, because Speaker Mike Johnson has said the bill is dead on arrival in the Republican House, specifically you know, because Trump and other far-right conservatives don't want to pass it because it would look like a political win for Democrats and it would take the issue away from Trump that he can campaign on.
1: Fucking insane. Yeah. fuck. He gave you everything you
0: wanted. <laughs> he yeah. gave you everything you wanted and still, no, we have to give this dub to Trump. We have to give yeah. a layup to our baby boy Trump. This might be a masterclass in uh, political strategy from Biden, honestly, actually. You,
1: honestly, you know what, Maybe Maybe Mike Johnson, leftist undercover. <laughs> uh-huh. Mike Johnson, single-handedly keeping the border wide open, uh-huh. allowing immigrants to flood through, and stopping single-handedly everything. stopping the genocide in Gaza. Look at
0: him, bro. Like, Mike he's, Johnson, fuck. He's fine. worked his entire life to build up his conservative bona fides. He put pen to paper uh-huh. and said, like, gay marriage is destroying our country <laughs> so he could get here and, and support the left. Perhaps I judge you too harshly. <laughs> I, I misunderstood your game. Not to be clear, just to summarize this, Biden has promised to give the GOP everything they want. Uh-huh. He, he shut down in the border words, day once. In their not words. Not even in our words. Yeah. In
1: their words. In Mitch McConnell, resident demon. In uh, Lindsey level Gaza Graham.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He said, like, we, I'll do everything you want. But, and, but because it would take the issue away from Donald Trump and look good for Joe Biden heading into this 2024 election cycle, uh, they aren't going to do it. Yep because uh, yeah it would, it would make biden look too good uh that's crazy to me mm-hmm. like that's like imagine if i were to pose a hypothetical imagine it's 2020 right uh the democratic primary is happening bernie sanders just won the new hampshire primary and it's looking generally good for his chances to become the president right yeah. uh imagine a 15 dollars wage bill comes to congress and it looks like it's going to pass bipartisan 15 dollars yeah, minimum yeah. wage and then biden who's then a candidate <laughs> and a private citizen <laughs> calls up his friends in the senate And then he says, tank the bill, because it's going to be an optical win for the incumbent Donald Trump, and it'll take an issue away that I want to campaign on. And then the bill fails. We'd never let him live that down. God, We we would never let him live that down. (laughs) It's a straight up evil thing to do. It's lunacy. It's crazy to think that anyone can influence our political system that way. But that's what Donald Trump just did for this immigration deal. The
1: hold that he has on the GOP is insane. And correct me if I'm wrong, but even if there are a couple moderate conservatives who would be willing to flip and vote for this deal with, I guess, the Democrats or Uh whatever, or probably the moderates on both both ends of the party. Um, Johnson just has the discretion to not ever bring this bill to the floor. He he, he can just say, we're
0: just never going to vote on this. I think they can override him, but it takes some time to oh that my. to happen. I'm sure it
1: takes time and hella votes.
0: Yeah, and also, I don't think, he doesn't want to get ousted like Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> so that's probably why he's holding back. That's
1: true, because this has funding and not massive social security cuts uh-huh. and massive cuts to anything that is good.
0: That's besides the point, of course, as we've talked about many times, that the actual solution to cartels and trafficking associated with immigration isn't crackdowns, it's resolving the material tensions in nations in Latin America and making our system a lot more transparent and accessible to the average immigrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would help a lot with our immigration system. And that's, of course, on top of the facts that we already mentioned that immigration is not bad for the United States.
1: you, You put a little time and effort in. Yeah. that's all you gotta do that's literally it. the the I think I don't know if I mentioned this earlier if it was just something we were talking about pre-show but one of the uh, legal processes for asylum seeking that we've established is like some app that only has a thousand passes a day mm-hmm. that you have to be in Mexico City or specific regions of Mexico
0: in, or else it just doesn't work
1: mm-hmm. like this this is intentionally hard yeah. for anyone coming through trying to seek asylum
0: wasn't that something Biden the Biden admin came up with too I app? think
1: so they also have like this human humanitarian passport thing i can't remember exactly what it's called where immigrants from cuba venezuela and mexico and somewhere else are allowed to seek asylum via a special process yeah i don't know exactly what that is but he got flack for that which is funny because this is also the guy who got in legal trouble for instituting a transit ban mm-hmm. trying to say oh no you can't seek asylum in america unless you seek asylum in every single country you pass through to get to america which you can't do yeah the right to seek asylum international
0: <laughs> yeah. you can do that And it's like my last take on this um, is for the Democrats. I suppose if you are a Democrat, a liberal, a leftist, whatever, you are never going to outflank the right on Mm -hmm. immigration. Mm -hmm. It's simply not going to happen. No matter how bipartisan you try to be, no matter how much you try to compromise, the right will always be more insane than you on immigration. And what Biden is doing right now with this bipartisan immigration deal is trying to capitulate to conservatives by saying he will shut down the border. Dog. You're never going to win those reactionaries. No. They're always going to want you to just kill immigrants. You're never going to go as far as they want you to go. You're never going to win those votes. There's no reason to capitulate and just uh, deny reality, Deny the reality that immigrants actually aren't that bad for the U.S. by acting this uh, m- maniacal. I'm sorry, but you are never going to. Say Biden completely
1: solves the border issue. You will still never win the voters in flyover states who see a brown person once every week who think that immigrants... Is the number one issue threatening this yeah. country They have; th- Those voters have lost the plot They are so far removed From actual realities of policy mm-hmm. You're never going to get them They're just going to find something else yeah. They're just going to find something else Or they are already so entrenched in conservative issues That the goalposts will just move They'll either move on immigration or they'll move to another issue.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I'm sorry. You're not going to win the people that think immigrants are tainting the white race by coming into this country. You're you're not going to win them. You're not going to win the people who think that it's actually okay
1: and sick if every Hispanic person who does a crime is labeled a terrorist. Yes. They're too far gone, You're not going to win them. They're too far gone. And I'd argue (laughs) that you are only um, discouraging independents from engaging in the system Mm -hmm. by capitulating so far to these far-right figures.
0: Yeah. And it's like you're 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 not going to win those people over. You're not going to outflank them. What they want is if not like a white ethno state, then they just want to be isolationist. Yeah. They don't want to engage with other countries whatsoever. And they certainly don't want immigrants coming in. And in the case of Greg Abbott, they just want to undermine the power of the federal government and make you look worse. Mm capitulating now caving and placating to them now just makes you look worse politically it makes you look weak and you're never gonna win those voters in fact you're probably just gonna lose voters in your own camp
1: it's like man i'm sorry but like this is why being a democratic strategist fake fucking job
0: yeah fake
1: fucking job dog it seems like they just get it wrong every turn Mm -hmm. i'm sorry man oh my goodness it's
0: just like with the defund the police stuff right like after um george floyd was killed by derek chauvin There was a lot of support for BLM and defund the police. And then pretty shortly after that, uh, Democrats started pushing back heavy on defund the police. A lot of um, more centrist Democrats blamed their losses in the 2020 elections on defund the police rhetoric and like socialist rhetoric, stuff like that. And it's like, uh, and then after that, Democrats turned really hard to supporting police, made sure everybody knew that they didn't want to defund the police, tried to shake that accusation. But even if they did, even if they pass like a massive funding bill for the police nationwide, you're never going to win the people that think they, that you want to destroy police officers. You are never going to win
1: the people that think that white people are being persecuted. Uh-huh. Like, I'm
0: sorry. And that's the
1: crowd you're trying to, like, pull from? are yeah. to chip away
0: at. You're, you're simply God not going to win man. them. And I, th- I think it's similar to, I think it was Bill Clinton or, or some Democratic president from a while ago tried to have a similar, more conservative, more right-wing position on gun regulation. Okay. It doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. conservatives are always going to be able to go further than you. You're not going to beat them on their own turf. You need to have an actual, reasoned, articulated response yeah. to what they're saying. Well, and you need to push back on on the framing that they're offering of the issue.
1: They're reactionaries. Yeah. They'll
0: always find something
1: to bitch about. That's mm-hmm. That's it. That's the crux of the issue. Uh, speaking of George Floyd, though, I saw an absolutely insane Twitter post. Today. Okay. Just a little tangent. It was a, I'm going to assume, AI generated image of George Floyd, but white. Oh. And it, it, it said, <laughs> would you still think George Floyd was a hero if he looked like this? Oh my god, dog! Fucking nuts, dude! Oh, if you completely fundamentally change the dynamics of the situation, would it still be the same? Well, and it's like you—you you act like I—I I
0: celebrate when white people are killed by the police. You, you
1: act like <laughs> I don't
0: advocate when white people are murdered by the police too. You, 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 wait, you, wait, you like the like, it's like oh, uh, you're, you're like oh, leftist. You don't want anyone to die by the police? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes like,
1: I, I, what are we doing it's like yeah I got up and screamed about it when I think it was Daniel Shaver the guy who was forced to like crawl through the hallway and was murdered by a police officer mm-hmm. who etched fucking like kill them all into his issued AR-15 or some yeah. bullshit like that like yeah I'd talk about that too dog that would still be an issue mm-hmm.
0: but oh it's, my it's God. just not representative of broader systemic discrimination exactly. if like, it's a white person
1: it's a separate issue yeah. <laughs> it's an issue of just police power there's not an intersection there yeah oh uh, my goodness that was a that was uh, that was a banger dare yeah, i say it's a banger yeah <laughs> that was that.
0: quite the rage bait tweet oh my goodness i saw that i was cool like, i would say they're trying to get it out before black history month but given what charlie kirk did on mlk day yeah. uh i think they're saving it up for oh, black history month. my god i don't
1: think they're Especially, gonna pull bunches there's
0: gonna be hella thought crimes uh-huh. moving
1: forward oh my just like with man. uh
0: have you noticed how with kwanzaa every year they're like this isn't a real holiday <laughs> specifically because it's related to, it's like an african holiday right yeah uh there are no real holidays
2: <laughs> none of dog, them I'm like sorry, but
0: there's no they're up. all they're all made up not real dog. every holiday's made up and i feel like that's what we're gonna get this black history month they're gonna go like yeah. the black history month not a real history no, month. Is is white history month n-
1: easter not fucking real mm-hmm.
0: uh, fourth of july not fucking real oh my
1: god man so, that's uh, crazy
0: as we head into february uh this year i hope you are are ready for conservatives i'm i'm predicting Worse than ever. Worse than ever. Yeah. You know what? I feel like that's well, a fair prediction. Probably not worse than like the 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> but like worse, worse than ever in our lifetime. But,
1: but you know what? You know what? Maybe maybe we can make some bold predictions. Um, I feel like the LGBTQ issues have fallen off of like mm-hmm. the national conversation, and maybe there's making room for something else to explicit pop up. Explicit racism. So <laughs> maybe there's just going to be more explicit racism coming through in February, much like how last June. Every state waited until Pride Month to drop all their biggest anti-LGBTQ legislation. So maybe there's some shit like that that's going to happen. That would be awful and not good.
0: Yeah, maybe Charlie Kirk's cooking up like one episode a day. For all 29 days of <laughs> February this year, he's like, Black History Month's not getting away from this dude being oh, super g- racist. There's going
1: to be so many conservatives complaining. Like, oh, so y'all get an extra day now too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You already get a month and you get an extra day now, huh? Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Where's White History Month? Why don't we care about white history? Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm that's, excited. Guess,
1: that's yes. But speaking of crimes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we got to talk about the ICJ, the International Criminal Court.
0: International if crimes.
1: If you didn't know, international crimes. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. But This hey, is our look. Israel update for the day. South Africa was just awarded a major victory in its case against Israel. Mm. On Friday, so like two days ago, the ICJ wreaths an interim ruling that there is a plausible that there is plausible evidence that Israel's committing a genocide in Gaza. Pretty big news. Yeah, big news. That's the international body. That's the Hague.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think they. I, you probably got this in here somewhere by uh, top of the this little mm-hmm. section. I don't think they called for a ceasefire. Did no? They? There is no ceasefire. Yeah, there is yeah. no ceasefire. But I, I think you know, if I were to give them an excuse, perhaps um, uh, a bit of plausible deniability. I don't know that they could order a ceasefire when like Hamas isn't a party to this case. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I yeah, because yeah. like they've they've called for ceasefires before. I think uh, if not with Russia, then uh, another conflict. However many years in twenty twenty two. I don't remember 29. exactly. Whenever I know that they've called for ceasefires before. It's not a thing that they don't do. Mm-hmm. But maybe they felt they couldn't because Hamas isn't there. But I'll let you get into the the story. Exactly, exactly. Well, while it's not a
1: verdict explicitly stating what's happening in Gaza is in violation of the genocide convention, it does mean that the court will continue with South Africa's case and refuse Israel's request for image, for dismissal yeah, yeah, yeah. based on plausible evidence that they're doing a genocide. Importantly, it's not done.
0: Yeah, like, like this isn't the end. It is going to take
1: years yeah. to actually reach a verdict. And that's why this interim ruling is very important because it will give uh Guidance, dare I say, or something that's binding in the interim for Israel to do while the genocide is actually happening, rather than dealing with it after the fact.
0: It is binding, but we'll it, see if, it, if Israel is bound. It, I it suppose is, it is binding, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. So, yeah. what does this
1: mean? While the ICJ is now moving on to its years long process for delivering a formal ruling, the interim ruling included six legally binding measures that Israel must abide by in the meantime. Uh-huh. So, per the AP. Uh, here's a list of what Israel is being ordered to do. Mm -hmm. Let me pull it up right here. You know, you know, we always love to read.
0: Uh-huh, we love reading. we love
1: quotes and we love. One stats. of my
0: favorite, especially from the Associated Press themselves. Exactly. Now, oh my
1: goodness! Perfect. So number one, the court ordered Israel to take all measures within its possible to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of the UN Convention on Genocide, referring to the protecting for, to protecting Palestinian civilians. The court said Israel should work to prevent killing members of the group, causing serious bodily harm or mental harm to members of the group, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of like calculate conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, and imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. This was approved in a 15-2 to two vote. Mm-hmm. The second measure is that the courts ordered Israel to ensure with immediate effect that its military does not commit any act described in point one above, approved a 15-2 to two vote. Number three, the court said Israel shall take all measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip approved 16 to 1 wow, that's basically huge. yeah basically you can't cuz i know a big part of south africa's case was israel's invocation of i think it's called amalek which is something in uh the old testament or the in Hebrew? So in Hebrew. It's something, it's some biblical thing okay. that's basically, we're going to kill every member of this group. Oh, sick. I'm glad it's there's a word for that. something like that. So they're <laughs> saying, you cannot say we want to do genocide. You cannot incite genocide, which, mm-hmm. you know, that should be a bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: you, you know, you know if, if they weren't actually doing genocide, they shouldn't be too mad about this, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Crazy to think that they had to be ordered against that. Anyway, number four, Israel was ordered to take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed. Needed basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, approved 16 to 1. Uh, also big. They have to let aid come through. Mm, what a mm-hmm. fucking thought. They can't turn the water off. <laughs> oh my God,
0: guys. Fuck, that's so anti-Semitic. What a, what a <laughs>
1: development. Holy shit, dude. The Israelis are being persecuted. Five. The court ordered Israel to take effective measures to prevent the destruction and ensure the prevention of evidence related to allegations of act within the scope. They can't burn evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Standard. Pretty standard. Approved 15 to 2. I don't know who would vote against that. Uh, I don't know. Why are we? Wh- why? Why are we t- standing on business when it comes to oh, you saying Israel? No, they can burn evidence. <laughs> yeah. No, Israel can get rid of any evidence that it, they've it's, done.
0: It's like when we see um, I don't know five Republicans vote in favor of keeping child marriage on the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, man? And the five the, of you. Five of you. Five of you. Really. Yeah, but uh,
1: number six. This is the most important one, at least within the broad scope of things. The court said Israel shall submit a report to the court on all measures taken to give uh, effect to this order within one month from the date of this order, approved 15 to 2. So they have one month to give a detailed plan to the ICJ about how exactly they are taking steps to avoid genocide Mm -hmm. and how exactly they are taking steps to be in compliance with the court's orders. So they have one month to actually start giving aid to gaza to Mm -hmm. i don't know stop fucking killing everybody yeah uh tough for them apparently
0: yeah and this again this is like legally binding uh we'll see if israel complies though
1: yes right Uh, We'll, we'll see that's the big thing because I feel like uh, I won't be surprised if Israel just straight up ignores the orders. Israel itself asserts that it's already complying with international law, and in <laughs> a in a statement, Netanyahu rejected the ruling, saying Israel will continue to defend itself and its citizens while adhering to international law. I don't know about that one. Um, and the AP noted that Bibi made two separate statements. This has been a common theme throughout the conflict. One in English and one in Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder what would <laughs> which audiences each. <laughs> what it's for. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh the one in Hebrew was w- held a much more defiant tone towards the ruling and the the speech in English uh he stopped short of directly criticizing the court. Uh, of course. Pretty nice that he's he think pretty, pretty crazy he thinks he can just get away with that. Mm-hmm.
0: When we have I don't know Google Translate. Yeah, and I saw some Israeli official tweet out uh it was something in Hebrew, so I had to click translate post. Yes. Uh and then it said C- we can do that. And then it said <laughs> Haig Schmeg. Now, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, gave his phone to his eight-year-old or some dumb shit. (laughs) Like, like you're an elected official or an appointed official of some kind. What are we doing, man? Haig Schmeg is sick, (laughs)
2: actually.
1: (laughs) I wonder if this is the same elected official that said, what if we just put all the Palestinians on an island? (laughs) What if if we just put them on a fake island like that? (laughs) A real proposal, by the way, yeah, by like yeah. a defense minister or a minister of foreign relations or some bullshit. But that can't top HHM. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a professor of law and international peace studies, Mary Ellen O'Connell of Notre Dame's Croc Institute, had this to say with regard to if Israel doesn't produce a satisfactory report next month. Quote, that's a time that the court could come back and say, you have not met the orders, you have not complied, now we find you are in the midst of committing genocide. Mm -hmm. So really what that is to say is if they don't comply with this one-month order, the ruling could be a bit accelerated. Yeah. Uh, And But the issue with this, even if Israel is found guilty of violating the Genocide Convention, if they are found guilty of actively committing a genocide in Gaza, which they are, Mm -hmm. and which they should be... um, ICJ has no enforcement mechanisms. Yeah, yeah. It is up to the international community to do with Israel what they will, and right. that's kind of a hard sell when we have uh, the United States <laughs> vetoing literally everything in the Security Council.
0: Yeah, it's hard to imagine that we get any uh, like major Western power to intervene militarily to stop what Israel's doing. We're not going to get blue hats on the ground because mm-hmm. the UN, uh, the, the UN Security Council won't let it pass because the U.S. will veto whatever yeah. it tries to come through there. Yeah, well what enforcement mechanism do the does the ICJ have? They're just a, an appendage of the UN.
1: Kind of fucking useless at this point. Like come
0: on now. I think it's good symbolically. I think it it gives some uh, like an official stamp to mm-hmm. everybody if they do end up ruling that you're committing a genocide. It gives an official stamp to kind of nations around the world that like this is what Israel's doing, yeah. right? It's not just online leftists or, you know, however 150 countries uh in the world <laughs> yelling like hey, Israel's doing this. It's the International Court uh Court of Justice. Yeah, it's the but war- without yeah, lacking an enforcement mechanism, maybe has symbolic uh, meaning, but it, it doesn't mean much for the the consequences that the Gazan people will face. Yeah.
1: And it's like, god damn, it would be, it would, it would be devastating to see if there is a a genocide conviction handed out. To see America say like nah yeah nah actually I don't, Did, do you know I don't if Biden responded this. To,
0: to this ruling I don't think
1: Biden responded but the State Department responded and said like there's not like a ruling
0: yeah the smart thing for Biden to do would be to shut the fuck up about
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. this <laughs> I think I think somebody responded and said like Oh well it's like a, it's like an interim thing
0: yeah especially because Biden is this big institutionalist he's mm-hmm. very much he would very much rather um, defer to whatever the institutions of the world would say about various matters yeah. rather than like you know go out be bold and speak about it himself like Trump would. So it's going to be interesting to see if the ICJ says, "No, you guys are committing genocide." Is Biden going to just buck every institution? It, especially if this could happen within a month. Yeah. W- w- within
1: a month from Friday? Like, come on. Yeah. This is I feel like it's a it's a pretty big development and I I don't know if the U.S. could stand the pressure that would be brought against them if there's a conviction given out and they still want to stand with Israel. Oh, yeah. And I don't even think that would be right in the grand calculus of foreign affairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is, is Israel really that much of a needed ally within the region to, I don't know, destroy our relationships with literally everyone else?
0: Well, and it's like uh, Biden talks all the time about how people are losing faith in society's institutions. And I think a great way to accelerate that is by the president himself to just completely ignore what the international court of justice says when the lead judge in the case is an american yeah like that's a great way to just screw up um whatever little i don't know relic of the past you've seized when it comes to people supporting institutions once again
1: maybe the lead judge wasn't voting i don't know but if the lead judge was voting he voted in favor of everything yeah uh there were israeli judges that voted in favor of some of these provisions like It's pretty much, I I feel like they don't really, Israel doesn't really have a case here. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite moments from the trial is when Israel was trying to defend itself. And they said, South Africa, no you. (laughs) who are you to say anything when you did uh, something some time
0: ago no you they're like the exact people to do it (laughs) like (laughs) like like years ago decades ago they're like yeah we dealt with apartheid we know what this is exactly
1: you're doing it actually (laughs) we know we have records
0: yeah one of the major defenses i saw out of israel was like they don't have standing yeah, and it's like, what do you, this is the international court of? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean <laughs> you they don't about? have
1: standing? <laughs> it's the
0: it's the convention on genocide. Israel goofy as hell. I got to be getting genocided to like file a claim in this court. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh,
1: Hamas has got to actually be the one to file the claim oh, at the ICJ. They have to first join the UN.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they you given know, statehood. South Africa has brought us to to trial here, but have they even condemned Hamas? Oh, my God. That's so true.
1: That's so... Court true. dismissed. I've, Bang.
0: Gavel I, down. Everyone I have everyone considered
1: out. that. Anthony Blinken himself would probably deliver the ruling. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that is some shit that Anthony Blinken would say. He'd be like, well, South Africa hasn't <laughs> condemned Hamas. I feel like we can't oh. accept the ICJ ruling. They haven't condemned Hamas That, that was another
1: thing that Israel did. Israel got up there and said, South Africa... You're, like, Hamas's greatest ally. <laughs> yeah, you're a proxy Anay- for they Hamas, They literally yeah.
0: said that. I, you know, you guys love doing foreign policy with Hamas. Shut the fuck up. At least when they say it's Iran, there's, like, a little bit of evidence there. Yeah. Trading arms and stuff like that. Israel's from Israel. <laughs> South Africa, that's, like, far away. <laughs> it's real far away. South Africa's super far away. That's a whole continent away. What are we talking about, man? Man, Israel's Israel
1: What yeah. can I say? Fucking
0: come on. Uh, time for other news? Uh, Yeah, just some extra news. Not a full news story. Um, Pretty exciting. Florida's bringing back child labor.
1: The children yearn for the mines.
0: Yeah, they really do, especially in Florida. Uh, they Republicans there just introduced a bill to authorize 30 hours of 30? work per week, up to six days a week, more than eight hours a day more? for 16 and 17-year-olds while they're still in high school. What? <laughs> It's, it's, I love fu- this. Uh, fu- you, <laughs> you, no, you can't. There's not enough time, right? You can't. It's it's impossible. I was just about
1: to say. You're. In, I, we were in high school from like what? It, class started at 7:20. We got out at like 2:20. Uh-huh. That's already like I don't know uh, seven hours. Then you got more than eight hours of work after class. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, dog. I got to go to the factory. Yeah, you got go to. Sorry, I got to go to the farm because Florida is also having a crisis with how much it cracked down on um, undocumented immigrants well, and yeah, tried to get rid of a bunch of things. They're they, they're probably doing this to fill the void that Mm -hmm. immigrants left when they had to get out of the state because Ron DeSantis wanted to, I don't know, win some political points at the cost of his economy?
0: Business owners are mad. They're like, we don't have immigrant labor anymore. And so the state's responding with, well, here's some kids. (laughs) Here's high school. (laughs) Here's 16-year-olds. Oh my god. They can come work in your factories, right? It's like, (laughs) rather than address the real issues with with the labor market, like low wages, shit conditions and so on, it's just, hire kids. They complain less. Rather than be nice to people who went through a treacherous journey to immigrate Uh here.
1: Let's make kids do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like on its face it's insane, but just uh like intuitively it's yeah. it's revolting. The idea of like having kids go back to work like they did in what the 1920s or something like that. It's
1: fucking but more just, than
0: 8 hours a day is nuts. Um, imagine being a a 35-year-old man like working in a factory, right? Yeah. You come on the line for your shift, and then there's a 16 year old right <laughs> next to you, some some pimple covered 16 year old just got out of high school, and he's ready to work on some cars or something in the factory. Imagine, I imagine, would be so pissed. Imagine you're working
1: in the factory. You know, you go out there, you've been you've been doing manual labor all day. You say, you know, it is time for my smoke break. You uh-huh. get a couple guys together, you go outside, you go have a quick smoke. And then you get in trouble for giving a cigarette to a 16 year old.
0: <laughs> yeah, you couldn't know because you, you didn't know that there was a 16 year old <laughs> or, working on the fucking line. Or you show up to the construction site, uh, you're working on this new building and 16 year old's like sorry I'm not tall enough I can't reach <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, what do you this is ridiculous imagine imagine
0: OSHA comes on site
1: or some regulatory body comes I need you guys to sign this and kisses oh let me call my mom real
0: quick <laughs> <laughs> let me see if my mom can drive up here it's like hot take kids shouldn't be working
1: kids should maybe be our kids.
0: coldest take yet.
1: Man that, that'd be nuts That'd be nuts being in high school Oh you know it's, it's a Friday night Hey man you want to go uh, catch the Marvels after class or something? Sorry dog I gotta work at 12
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
1: dog we have Saturday
0: off So I gotta go yeah. work at 12 tonight <laughs> It's like I don't have any issue With like high schoolers uh, Working for the dad's company Or going and mowing lawns Or, or even, just, even just getting working. a job yeah. after school Like, There's nothing really wrong with that But the fact that Florida's trying to plug holes In the labor market with child labor Is pretty dystopian that's the issue yeah and it's like i don't know maybe we shouldn't maybe our focus shouldn't be on easing regulations <laughs> for child labor <laughs> and could be i don't know focused on paying workers more doing these things to help workplace conditions i don't know may, call me crazy socialist or something God i don't know
1: damn man that's 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 sick yeah
0: yeah that's, it's pretty fun that's a good one Holy of course shit. the more sinister part of all of this is that the labor market will respond to uh the available labor mm-hmm. right like if 16 year olds are on offer for people that can be hired companies will hire them. And as they hire them, it's going to become more of a necessity for households to have their kids go and work in Mm -hmm. order to stay afloat. Uh, And if they can hire 16 year olds, it'll make it a lot easier to uh, manipulate workers that are older, perhaps more qualified, because if you're not going to listen to me, I'll just go hire this fucking kid who needs a job to keep his mom fed.
1: In fact, I would argue that this would do more to drive wages down than hiring immigrants. Yes. You know what I mean? Because so much of what keeps wages down actively and kept wages down during the $15 minimum wage debate in 21 Mm -hmm. was the fact that. What about these high schoolers that work? They don't need $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure, is it a federal thing or is it a state thing that says that if you're under 18, you can be paid less than minimum wage?
0: Uh, that's a state-by-state thing, that's but in, in Michigan, state that's the rule.
1: I was going to say, yeah, I, I remember that being the rule. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well and,
0: and the thing, is, I think this is in other states as well. It's like you can work up to 90 days, be considered a trainee for that entire six time. Six months. If you're under, is it six months? I
1: think it's six months, at least maybe here in Michigan or somewhere. I think okay. it's six months.
0: Well, there's some period of time you can work for. You can be considered a trainee that entire time. They can pay you, I think, like half the minimum wage or something like that. Insane. As long as you're under 18. It's just incredibly exploitative because 16-year-olds don't know how to advocate for themselves. Yeah. That's the whole thing they they get they're easily manipulated they just want to uh, be seen as um I don't know helpful uh-huh and they want to make some money on the side so they can spend money on whatever 16 year olds buy nowadays <laughs> uh it's ridiculous uh, but yeah the the argument that like uh we shouldn't pay them fifteen dollars an hour because they don't need it is like Ridiculous, because first of all, um they're gonna go and spend all that money except Good for They the economy. are literally gonna spend that all on consumer
1: goods. The most conspicuous consumption. Also, uh,
0: strictly conspicuous. It's like some random conservative. Who are you to say how much they should be getting paid? I'm saying they're producing it. a ton in value. I'm it's saying. you you're not the one deciding their wage. You shouldn't be. What are we talking uh-huh. about? If you're producing uh, like working for McDonald's producing billions every single year, uh maybe you should get paid. Like you're producing billions every single year. That's all I'm gonna say. Exactly. Another dub for Marxism.
1: Oh my gosh. All the time. It all it all comes back to it.
0: It all comes full circle. It all comes back to it. Uh well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I uh, hope you are gearing up for the Civil War. You're buying our um doomsday preparer kit. That's right. 50% off right now. All uh-huh. you gotta spend is three hundred dollars to get the full set. <laughs> Enter code LONESTAR at checkout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to the people that we think will survive the incoming doomsday thank we, you so much we, we
1: gotta give that's our a special thanks to these people right here uh, Caden
0: Kraut mm-hmm.
1: Lord Tal, the Radiant Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, 40% Spite, Dylan B., Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinsky, Mattias T., Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mayer, Maldonado, Hunter W., Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Very Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishin, Bennett Bennington Third, Alexia Ben Benign- Neach, Big Booty Beatdown Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, very irrelevant right now also true. Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea Cucker Tarlson, Danielle Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Science, Aaron and His Gundam, Gundams, Darth Father Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, L.E.N., John Glover Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion Emma the Dooslayer, Breezy B, Veronica A.K.A. V, Raxon, Ash Smith, The Grotler, Flower Clown, Beetle Bugs, Murder in a Trench Coat, mm-hmm. Lonnie
0: Rogers, Slap Sapphic, Casey Lane, Kelly, Snake Eyes, and Hope of Giants, A.K. Gone, Aquanadon, Zach Lantian, Info, Russell, Austin Grife, Marcus Corbett, Caleb Roper, Taylor Rensock, Ishi Teddy, Cami, Tylen Freeman. Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C, Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, Anna Valenic, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, C, West, August, Particular Pickman, Sir Capilot, Jeff Signs, Howard the Duck, Brennan Is Egg, JR, Drew Batchilder, Froggy Gumdrop, Zen Doing Their Best, Jackie Boy, Shameless, Coherent Babbles, Sasha, MJ is Sharp, Michaela Muncie, The Wallace 3000, Southwest Socialism, Jared Finch, Evil Vegan, Tactical Snowflake, Son of Ander, Vanilla Bryce, Willie Swags, Chris E, Fermented Spider, Kish Lala, uh, Amanda R, Hanky Panky, Tyler Justushin, uh I'm gonna b- butcher that every single time uh, until damn, you correct me. Damian Blues, Real Nurse RN, Ashley White, and my mom. Thank you all so much for supporting oh the gosh. show on Patreon. If you want to uh, help this grassroots-funded movement, head over to Patreon.com/slash Head Office Pod. Right. It's the only way to do Uh, it.
1: uh, Please, 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 please. Please. Don't be mad at us if we forgot your name. Please just uh, yell at us a little bit.
0: But please also head over to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm patreon.com. Let us know if you belong on the list. We'll put you on there. Don't worry.
1: Exactly. Send us a message on Patreon after you subscribe to the Patreon Mm -hmm. to tell us something. And
0: unless this invasion of Canadian immigrants gets the best of us, we'll see you next week.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.